1-855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 1-855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. It's Julia here with you. And Luther. And Mandrick. And, uh... Man, it's snowing outside. I know. It's the end of October. Usually we don't see this until the end of December. Yeah, this is this is insane. I'm, we're up here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and uh, we've already seen, what would you say, about five, six inches of snow? I don't know. I just walked through it. It doesn't seem like that much. Luther it seemed more like three. three. But I brushed it off my car, and it was four, five, six inches, and it's still coming yeah, down. Yeah. And that wind's blowing, too. They're saying yeah. that a lot of power lines might be going down, and... Wow, and uh, hopefully this doesn't affect Ian and Mark, who are coming back from uh, Texas. I know. I actually talked to Ian briefly earlier today, and I, and I told him, you know, we're supposed to get 12 inches of snow tonight, and he was kind of worried about Atlanta, because that's their, their uh, layaway or whatever. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm not sure how long this is supposed to continue, I heard, uh, into the morning, so we'll see. I heard anywhere from 6 to 12 inches total. 12? inches of snow halloween weekend <laughs> this really has to mess up some plans for some of the bar hoppers oh uh they're all talking about going out tonight so. i guess uh, you would know so uh if you're thinking about going out go ahead give us a call uh, 855-450-3733 <laughs> Pre- preferably not while you're driving in the snow yes that's true uh pull over if you have to <laughs> Well, it looks like uh, New York's been getting hit pretty hard, too, I guess. Yeah. They, they got more than an inch. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really sound that impressive when you uh, think about you know, what, we're, what we're dealing with up here right now. But uh... Well, you know, I've lived here five years, and I've certainly seen my fair share of snow, but I've never seen it this early. So it's just funny. I mean, it started coming down this afternoon at like 3 p.m., and it was kind of uh, sprinkling, but it is, it's incredible out there. It's like the middle of January. Yeah, I actually, I just moved here a few months ago in June, and uh, I love the snow. I'm I like it, bring too. It on. <laughs> I like it, too, but this is a little un- unexpected. Yeah, I don't have I, my I snow tires on. I was not prepared on. for it at all today. Uh, I just got off work. I had to walk my bike all the way home. Not an easy task when it's snow, and it's kind of slushy snow, so I'm sliding all over the place. And it's, it's not good motorcycle weather? No, no. I, I had to walk the bike. <laughs> you don't have a motorcycle, do no, you? No, I have a, it's just a... A, a uh, bicycle. A bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him say that, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> right when you say bike you yeah. think motorcycle yep sure. right. <laughs> and uh, of course this is also holding up uh stephanie from pork therapy was supposed to be in the first chair tonight that's true she uh called and she had been stuck in traffic for 45 minutes so she may or may not be showing up where we'll find out yeah the last the last report is just she's on her way she's the traffic was moving here so it's just uh, everybody's out of town and <laughs> Now the snowstorm's hitting. Th- thanks for coming in, though, Julie. I'm glad you can make it. Oh, yeah. Well, I was supposed to come in tonight. Yeah. But it took me a little longer to get here <laughs> than I thought it would. Well, you made it. But, That's uh... right. So, show prep this evening. I, I found a uh, a little tidbit that I thought was kind of amusing earlier today. And it's from uh, Bill Mayer. His new rule of 10-28-2011, trip or treat. This Halloween, stop fretting that some stranger is going to put drugs in your kid's candy and put them there yourself. <laughs> Come on, this is America. Acid will be the healthiest thing they eat all day. <laughs> Do it. Put drugs in your Halloween candy. Wow. We all, there's a little bit more and it's very, it's very amusing. It sort of points out the irony of, of the, the illegal drugs and, and their status. We all know that too, many, too much of any drug can cause permanent damage. Just look at Rush Limbaugh. You just can't decide to give a bunch of innocent, drug-free kids some sort of psychedelic. What if it interacts badly with their Wellbutrin, their Adderall, their Ritalin, or their Monster Energy drink? 
<laughs> the kids are on drugs, all right. The problem is that they're on the wrong drugs. I was sure that he would start moralizing, but then he continued. When Steve Jobs was young, the drug of choice was acid. If it weren't for acid, you might not have an iPod. And you definitely wouldn't have some of the best music on your iPod. (laughs) Then he also goes on to mention the recent research about psilocybin creating long-term personality change, which we actually had talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just a little tidbit, but I thought it was amusing that someone would be so open about uh, kids taking drugs, especially right, right. Since psychedelic. They're already, yeah, they're already doing it. They might as well do one that's, right. you know, a little better. Yeah, but exactly. that one's illegal. That's true. Yeah. I hear that people on acid try to jump out of windows and fly. Uh, I heard that when you eat acid once, you can have flashbacks while you're driving that make you drive off the road. Really? <laughs> You've never heard that one? No, I have. I definitely have. Am I, am I the only I've one never here heard who... of it actually happening to somebody. No. Am I the only one here who hasn't tried acid? Yes. Yes. I think you are. <laughs> if you haven't tried acid, give us a call. <laughs> definitely. Uh, if you're a drug warrior, if you think that what we're saying is absolutely insane, give us a call. I'm not a drug warrior. But, I, you know, that article, it said that the iPod might have never come around if he didn't try LSD. I, I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch. I, I agree. That's, it is a bit of a stretch. Although right. I think what it's referring to is I, that I, yeah. Steve Jobs came out and said that his creativity came from acid and that it was one of the best experiences of his life. I think it can definitely spark creativity. I agree. Uh, I, I, you know, I got to agree with the, at least with the uh, musical. I'm sure <laughs> a, yeah. lot, a lot of great music was written. Well, when I was younger, after doing it with my friends, we uh, we sat down in an Applebee's afterwards and like we pulled out a piece of paper and some pens and we divided up into three sections and we each drew everything that we experienced that day and it was this really cool picture that we ended up making and uh one of my friends ended up with it uh, i don't know whatever happened to we it. used to do that actually at applebee's back in the day oh, we yeah, drew we some ridiculous pictures since, since when has applebee's ever been involved in a back in the day story now. <laughs> Back in the day when I was at Chili's. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> was this last week? Yeah. <laughs> hey, those no. restaurants have been around for a long time. Sure, sure. Okay, if you say so. All right. <laughs> so you really, you've really never uh, taken... Have you taken any hallucinogenic drug? No. I haven't even smoked marijuana. What about the Tussin? The what? <laughs> Ro- Robitussin. Oh, yeah. Oh, Robo yeah. tripping? That was my drug of choice as a kid. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, 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 I don't feel good. <laughs> oh, so man. you've never smoked marijuana? Nah, no, not interested. Yeah. But by all means, smoke it if you got it. You know, <laughs> I, I've kind of lost, slowly lost interest. I mean, I would. there are certain situations where I would be a little interested, I guess, but I, I used to be a daily smoker. I was actually a daily smoker for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've just sort of, my usage has really dropped off and it doesn't really interest me anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm just... I think one of the biggest things is I'm just cheap. I don't like I don't like expensive yeah. hobbies. Do you, you know? drink? No, not anymore. Really? That's that's an expensive. You want to talk about expensive hobbies? Uh, you're not kidding. Because good liquor. I mean, who wants to drink the cheap stuff? It's uh, it's. If it comes yeah. in a plastic bottle, I do not want it. Yeah, you know, Captain Morgan comes in a plastic bottle. I know. Yeah, but that's, it also comes in a glass bottle. It does. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Uh, nowhere. It's already about drugs and alcohol. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, those are my two favorite subjects. Well, uh, drugs and alcohol, I have to correct you, because alcohol is a drug. Yes, it is. You're right. And it really irritates me. It irritates me, me too. When people pretend like it is. And I know that you weren't pretending like it wasn't, but I just hate how people say drugs and alcohol. Right. It's just drugs. It's all drugs. Mm -hmm. Illegal drugs and legal drugs, maybe, but it's all drugs. Well, well, are you only interested in drugs you've done, or... Oh, no. I love all drugs. (laughs) Learning about them. I mean... 
Like I, it's just one of my favorite things. I think it's very interesting. Right, you would never want to do meth or heroin. Right, I've never done those drugs, but I know a lot about them actually. Yeah, it's just my. I just find it interesting. It's it's so, well, it's taboo first of all, and it, so it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, you know, to talk about things like heroin addiction, meth addiction, stuff like that. Sure. But I think it's really important to talk about because it, it's it's a really sad and large problem in this country. Right. It's also important to be honest about it as opposed to, you know, back when they were trying to make marijuana illegal. I, I recently saw somebody posted on Facebook a blurb from like an old newspaper that said, Mexico City, a mother has been hospitalized for permanent mental illness after her and her children consumed the marijuana plant, you know. <laughs> the marijuana plant. She will plant. never be sane again. Right. You know. Wow. Well, and they taught they taught us like that when, when we were in school, which is really unfortunate. Sure, so, sure. Um, and, and it's it's helped me with anxiety, you know, and depression. Like, I used to just fear leaving my house uh, i would just be so anxious and worked up over nothing nothing at all i just but i couldn't you know deal with it mentally on my own and uh introducing myself to cannabis uh helped me out immeasurably uh wouldn't you agree julia i would definitely agree right. with and that. for those of you who don't know uh, julia and i are siblings that's true a lot of people don't know that which is why i always accidentally call you chris on the air instead of <laughs> you just did it again who is this chris yes one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's the SACL CAI call in number. We'll be back. Sakel toll-free call in line one eight five five four fifty free. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. It's Julia here with you, and Luther and Mandrick. And uh, every so often, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society: the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, amidst a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is emerging to change the way monetary systems work around the world. It's called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a private, free market monetary system. It is a currency, a new form of money. It is not the liability of any bank, nor issued by any government, nor tracked by any corporation. We encourage you to learn more about it, for there is much to learn. A good starting place is WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. All righty. So, Chris, you had an interesting story. You you did it again. I did it again. (laughs) For those who missed it, we are siblings. To me, he is always and will always be Chris. Yes. To everyone else, he is Luther, so I apologize, Luther. You had an interesting story about a rabbi and black market kidneys? Yes, this comes from Forward.com. A Brooklyn rabbi has pleaded guilty to peddling black market kidneys from Israel for more than $100,000 each, federal prosecutors say. Levi uh, Isaac Rosenbaum, 60, an Israeli living in Brooklyn, made at least $420,000 in the scam to provide three organs for transplant from Israel, uh, according to New Jersey U.S. Attorney uh, Paul J. Fishman. Uh, Prosecutors describe Rosenbaum, the first person ever convicted of criminally transferring vital organs, as a cold-hearted dealer who profited off others' illnesses. He bought the kidneys in Israel for about $10,000 each. Rosenbaum admitted he was not new to the human kidney business. 
when he was caught. Uh, how, how do you get into the human kidney business? Uh, I was thinking the same thing. You yeah. know, I think you apprentice first. You know, is that, is maybe that how you works? start well, with uh, transferring eyeballs and uh, inner ears. And something, heart. yeah. You move up to hearts and livers. Well, and, I don't know. I think kidneys would be easier than hearts and livers. Well, yeah, well, you, kidneys, you only need yeah. one. But I mean, but I mean, there. Yeah, you can screw up and well, like, you got still be all right. I mean, I think it's tr- kind of messed up that they're saying that he's. Uh, what, what, what? How do they phrase it? He's uh, uh, a cold-hearted dealer who profited off others' illnesses. You know, like if if they were, if it was so easy for these people to get the kidneys, you know, maybe they wouldn't be paying this underground amount. You know, I mean, I don't. How much does it cost to to buy a kidney or to get a kidney transplant anyway? Like, if you go through your insurance or if you don't have insurance, you know, maybe I... this was the cheaper deal for them. Right, and to the person who who was giving the kidney, I mean, unless he held them at gunpoint, killed them, and took their kidney, then yeah. I mean, they were willing to. That happened lose to me once. Kidney. I woke up in a bathtub full of ice with a scar. I mean, uh, I apologize for that. I thought we moved on. Oh, okay. <laughs> moved on from what kidney uh, talk? No, he, he he stole my kidney. Oh. I, st- I stole his kidney. We're kidding. I still have both my kidneys. I think. So <laughs> anyway, Rosenbaum admitted he's not new to this business. Um, when he was caught brokering. What? What? Oh, when yeah. he was caught brokering what he thought was a black market deal. U.S. Attorney Fishman said a black market in human organs is not only a grave threat to public health, which, yeah, I guess potentially uh, that could happen, but... If you're doing it wrong. Sure. But if you bought a kidney from somebody and, and you would... failed? Right. If you buy a kidney from some guy on the corner, you... I'd take their kidney. Right. You Well, and you know that it's a black market kidney. You probably know that there are risks associated with that sort of thing, right? It's not sure, like... Sure, sure. Like... Uh, it it comes with a warning label, I think. If yeah. you buy somebody else's kidney from the street, you might get a bad kidney. There's a possibility of that, I would imagine. It reserves life-saving treatment for those who can best afford it at the expense of those who cannot. Well, if they can't afford it, how are they buying it? I, I, I think they mean through through legal means. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah, well, he's, you know, cutting through it. He's providing it for people who he's can. cutting is, through it all right <laughs> <laughs> like is that so terrible i mean that he's providing a kidney for somebody who can't otherwise get one i, I mean I don't, and they're describing him as cold-hearted it, it really depends on how he's you know how he's getting yeah, these kidneys this article seems so slanted it, it is it, it's really hard to say one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. that is the number if you want to call in and talk about kidneys or anything else yeah, if you're if you're a black market kidney seller and you please, yeah, I mean, tell yeah. us how it works. How does is it is it nice? Is There's it just a few more here, but it says that his lawyer was trying to you know prop him up as a do-gooder who was helping to save lives, and it sounds to me like that's what he was trying to do. I mean, yes, he's motivated by the profit, but there's also a lot of risk he's taking, so he should you know profit from that. I think who isn't motivated by profit? I mean, that's... right? Who isn't? <laughs> I was just watching that uh, Peter Schiff video. Where, where he goes, he goes where, as the and represents the one percent and goes down to Wall Street. He's a Peter Schiff, the Austrian economist, economist, economist. Yes. Well, he go. Have you <laughs> seen this the video, of Hyperbole. It is. Have you seen the video? Yes, I have. It's very entertaining. He has a sign that says, "I am the one percent." Talk to me. Right. Yeah. But but it's so funny because he mentions this like who isn't motivated by profit? Profit? Sure. Who isn't greedy? As you say. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and, and they, they can't answer it. They try to dodge that question. Right. Hmm. Uh. Yes, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Just hit air, and uh, we can accept your call. All right, I believe this is Elizabeth. So I apologize if I got that wrong. The phone system is new since I've been in this chair. So, Elizabeth, you're on Free Talk Live. No, Elizabeth no, she's not. Is, gone. is not on Free Talk Live. How about John in West Virginia? John. 
Hey, what's up? Hey, John. Hey, John. How's it going? Hey, I was actually uh, listening uh, on the last break. Uh, you guys were talking about cannabis and stuff. Um, yes, we uh, were. Were you saying you, 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 you get prescribed cannabis? No. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in this room. Are you doing it illegally? That's correct. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Because um, that's, that's what I was wanting to call about, like, how how do I get? How would I go about getting prescribed? But if you're not getting prescribed and you're doing it illegally, then uh, well, we're what, in the same boat here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what state do you live in, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. I, I don't. Think... I don't think you can get it in that state. Uh, it varies yeah, I know. from state to state. Uh, the state right next to us, Vermont, it's pretty easy to get, and you can have up to three plants for personal consumption. So right. maybe All you have move. to have is like what a doctor's. Uh, yeah, you have to uh, talk to your doctor about it. Um, I I don't know how easy it is to talk your doctor into prescribing cannabis. Wow, for three you. plants. That's that's a lot. I would say sure, in that's some enough states, to sustain yourself. It's yeah. probably easier. Like maybe California, it's probably a little easier to talk they've to your doctor. Crack, yeah, they've been kind of cracking down over there though. Yeah, the feds Actually, said they're going to come after them. I don't know if you really? saw this. Uh, the federal the feds have the feds have been cracking down. But I saw a news article earlier today about how the California doctors, the medical association, says that they want it to be legal so that they can prescribe it more easily. The yeah, doctors. I wish it would be legal. I mean, we if they'd make it at least decriminalized, they'd take all the uh, people in jail that are in jail for marijuana charges. I mean, that'd save money right there. Sure, sure. Tax it. Uh, make money so- right there. I mean, that's, that's two pluses right there on making money. It's, no negatives. It, yeah, and, it's, and, it, and plus, you're also taking prescription drugs out of people's hands and giving them something that's more natural. Sure. Oh, yeah, the prescription drugs are way worse than marijuana ever is. It's so ironic, right, isn't it? Right. And it's just a plant. I mean, it really, it, it, you're outlawing plants. It's so ridiculous <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, it just grows in the ground and... Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, it's uh, natural just like everything else. Now, now, do you use cannabis for any ailment in particular? Uh, I actually... Uh, smoke every night before I go to sleep. Help me sleep. Yeah, so just in general insomnia or general lack of sleep? It, yeah, lack of sleep. Okay. Much better than alcohol, too, That's for that. Sure. All right, well, thanks for your call tonight. We uh, appreciate thanks, hearing from you. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Yeah, more coming up. In the amazing universe of podcasts, one podcast stands alone in excellence of broadcasting and neurology. It's verbalsurgery.com. That's right, verbalsurgery.com. Get your brain in gear. Get it full speed ahead. Get it going right now, baby, because you are awesome, awesome, awesome. And this podcast, when you listen to it, you will feel better right now. So go to verbalsurgery.com. Get with the program, baby. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. If you're join if you're just joining us, thank you for tuning in tonight. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luther. 
Yep, and we've sort of changed horses in midstream here, haven't we? if you're not just joining us, thanks for sticking around. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we had a little bit of a mishap. I know that at the beginning of the show, you all were mentioning, uh, and and thank you, Mandrick, for helping us out and filling in, by the way. You all were mentioning that there's a very severe snowstorm here in the Keene, New Hampshire area where we're broadcasting from. And, uh, you know, I I have never been late for Free Talk Live in the more than a year that I've been on the show, almost a year and a half now. And I was on track to get here almost an hour early. And the, the roads were getting really bad the closer I got south, yeah. southward. And the snow was just picking up. And nobody has their snow tires on mm-hmm. yet, including me. Usually. Me too. Sure, yeah, nobody was <laughs> expecting this. So Yeah. And, and I guess there must have been a big accident or something that caused literally half of the road to be stopped um, back for a line of m- multiple cars, you know, probably going back about a half mile or so. And it just didn't move for about at least 45 minutes. And so I was stuck and I got a little bit sidetracked. But thank you so much. This show went really smoothly, even though I was, it was kind of a, a cluster frack. Well, yes. <laughs> shall we say. I have never done the first chair before. Well, now so you it have. Was a little, exactly. It was a good experience. Yep. You did wonderfully, Julia. I got here and everybody was panicking because <laughs> Luther wasn't here yet and nobody right. knew what we were going to do. And yes. It's a little bit of behind the scenes right. stuff, but uh, the, you, you did wonderfully. And, uh, yeah, it we we are sort of breaking the fourth wall with all this. So. We are definitely breaking the fourth wall. And, and for our listeners who aren't familiar, that's a phrase that you say often on your podcast, Luther, which is called puke in the gang. Which we do all the time. And, um, and you say uh, breaking the fourth yes, wall, which pu- is basically acknowledging that there's an audience there, right? The the uh, people right, on the show right. are interacting. Or we draw attention to what goes on behind the scenes. And and by the way, puke in the gang, you can check that out at pukeinthegang.com. Exactly. Uh, and it's the shameless pod- plug. Yes, yep. <laughs> it's the podcast for grumpy young men. So if or, like or grumpy young women, but we're mostly grumpy young men on the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so curmudgeon, I believe is what they yes, call that. Yes, curmudgeon. There's a segment called Curmudgeon Corner, but uh, anyway. Really? I didn't know. <laughs> don't want to get too sidetracked here. Our number is 855-450-3733 if you would like to call Free Talk Live and take control of the airwaves because, of course, that's this is the show where you can feel welcome to do so, bring up anything that's on your mind. Uh, we had a couple of stories planned, actually. Um, I'm, first of all, really excited to be here doing a show with you, Julia, because we've never gotten to do one together. This is true. To this point. <laughs> Lady but, Talk Live. Yeah. Yep. We had uh, She Talk Sorry. Live for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Luther. You can be uh, grandfathered in Luther, grandmother. Lady and Luther. Lady and Luther. I like Luther and the one. ladies. But, you know, we had, we had some sort of... Uh, Female-themed stories, I guess, issues relevant to women. One of them was about uh, the TSA uh, leaving a note in a woman's luggage when they inspected it and found a very basic type of sex toy. And so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Another story that Luther had brought in uh, says that about 50% of women are actually attracted to other women. Actually, it's 60%. Wow. 60%. That's 60% too who are willing to admit that they are attracted to other women. (laughs) And and it's 60% of heterosexual women. Uh, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we can certainly talk about those more, and I'm looking forward to that. But first, let's jump into some of the calls who've been waiting very patiently on the line. We are going to go to Don in Madison, Wisconsin. He wants to talk about transplants, which is something that you all were discussing a little bit right before I got here. Don, are you with us? Yeah. Hi, Don. What was on your mind about transplants? Uh, the... Uh the way it works, I've got a transplant. The way it works here, I had a liver. Um, you had is, a liver uh, transplant. Oh, wow. If you yeah, don't mind me asking, uh, what was that? What was the reason for that? I was. Uh, I'm a, um, I used to be a medical technologist. I worked in a laboratory mm-hmm. um, pre-AIDS, pre-HIV, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we used to 
mouth pipe had blood and, and you know, it used to be sort of a badge of honor if you were sort of covered in blood at the end of the shift. It meant you really were working hard. And, yes. Um, and I, you know, somewhere along the way, I picked up hepatitis C from one of the patients. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. destroyed wow. my liver and I had to get transplanted. Yeah. But the, uh, the reason I was calling is the way it works in the United States is it doesn't matter how much money you've got. They basically, there's a, a national organization that... Um, parcels out livers based on, they have like a, a, a criteria based on yes. um, about um, 10 different things as to the severity yes, of the this, disease, or, this organization the that you're mentioning, uh, Don, is called UNOS, um, and it's something That's like right. the United uh, Organ Service or something like that. And That's exactly what it is. What they so do they, is they... You don't get uh, the chance to, to actually say, I want to buy a liver because it's not... Actually, when I was going to um, wait for my transplant. I had a, a sister, and a, a niece, actually, mm-hmm. that offered to give me one, and they went, no, no, you've got to get in line like everybody else. So, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I was under the impression, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it was different back then, but uh, I was under the impression that if a family member wanted, or somebody, whoever it may be, wanted to designate who would get their organ or who would get their organ preferentially if it matched, uh, they could do uh-huh. so because they're basically giving a gift. Is that wrong? Um, yeah. I, I mean, well, there's, maybe, you know, the only thing that makes not, me say that, in my case, Don, the thing, case, Don, the thing that makes me I say that is uh, there's an organization called Life Sharers, and I think it's at mm-hmm. lifesharers.org. If I'm uh, not mistaken, Google them, you'll probably find them. But it's basically um, a network of people who all agree uh, to become organ donors, one, if they uh, are basically killed and cannot use their vital organs anymore sure. and are in such a, a way that their our organs are still available. But they agree among people in this network to donate their organs preferentially to people who are also in the same network. So uh, it's a way of increasing. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a way of increasing the availability of organs uh even within the confines of this system where the government basically doles them out and determines who can get organs. So um, I, I, I was under well, the impression great. from them that, you know, if you just carry a card around in your wallet near your driver's license or whatever, which indicates that you are an organ donor, uh, you can indicate on that card that you would like to donate your organs preferentially to someone who is also in this life sharers network. Well, then I must have been in a, I must have been in a bad spot there because the, Sure. We're sort of re- resisting giving you one. But ultimately, I got one, and um, I'm doing fine. Oh, that's great to hear, Don. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and I'm so sorry about, about your hepatitis, too. That's really uh, unfortunate, and especially that you contracted it at work. There's a lot of people that were in my situation. Once there's lots of nurses. Sure. Let, me, let me ask you this, Don. Uh, do, you, do you think that if, if there had been more solutions available, um, and maybe not even necessarily being able to purchase organs or pieces of organs that you could then grow into an entire new liver because sure. the liver regenerates, right? So you can have a, a, one lobe or something like that. But if you had other other options, maybe new technologies that you could access uh, to regrow or regenerate liver or or maybe even an artificial liver or if you could have the option to purchase livers, do you think that would have made you better off? Um, and in my case, I w- wouldn't have been able to afford it. I, my insurance company mm-hmm. uh, covered it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, I, gotcha. obviously, if those sort of things were available for the insurance companies and they were covering them, 
then yes, that the, the more widely. I was just reading an article yesterday that said there's something like in this last year we had um, like 110,000 people on the waiting list for a liver and something yes. like uh, 27 or 37,000 people actually got one. Yes, many people so, die waiting for organs in sure, this country. Sure. Right. And Luther had a question that he would uh, like to ask you. Yeah, Don, uh, I just was curious, how do you feel about... Uh, the state of New Jersey wanting to put this uh, Rabbi Rosenbaum into prison for 20 years for trying to get people livers who needed them and were having trouble getting them. Um, is, is that that's based on the U.S. law? Uh, well, yes. Basically, this is a this is a real ethical dilemma. You know, is it is it okay for? I think the way the law is 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 that you can't make money selling organs. No, you could give your yes, organ away. That is, that is correct. You can't make money selling it. Right. And so yeah. even there have been people prosecuted, actually. So I, I have a little bit of specialized knowledge about this, Don, because I'm ah. actually a medical student and I've researched this topic before. And what it says is that if you try to pay anyone in any way, so even giving them like a gift of college or something, if they give you a kidney, then you can be prosecuted under this law. Don, we got to move on, but thank you for the call tonight. Do wish you the best of luck with your help. This is Free Talk Live. Call in 855-450-3733 to weigh in with your thoughts. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Free Talk Live, and we want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luther. Yes, and we're so happy to be with you tonight. Freetalklive.com is the website where you can find out more about us. And don't forget to go to listen.freetalklive.com, where you can find all kinds of ways to get the show in the format that you most enjoy, including live streams, uh, radio stations, the satellite dish, the webcam, and the listen lines. It's all there for you, and it's all for free. And, of course, Free Talk Live is the show where you can take control and call in about whatever's on your mind at 855 855- 450 free. That is 855-450-3733. Already got a bunch of calls on the line for us tonight. I'm very excited about that, but I do need to let you know about uh, something very cool. SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery, and they are also the sponsor of our toll-free call-in lines, big supporters of Free Talk Live over there. Uh, SACL is really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows that the way you treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They handle, they record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner over at freetalklive.com, our website. So let's jump right into the calls. We're going to go to Val who is listening in Yorkstown, Virginia, or Yorktown, excuse me, Virginia, on WINS, and she wants to talk about cannabis. Val, are you with us? Yes, hi, how are you? Wonderful. Uh, Tell us what's on your mind. 
Well, one of the things, I have two things I wanted to say. First of all, I'm really uh, fascinated with how um, the American public puts up with drug testing in order to get jobs. Um, it's so common here that you can't, at least here in Virginia, that you can't get a job sweeping the sidewalk unless you take a drug test. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's really that tough around here. Um, I, I believe it. I, I'm surprised it, that street sweepers and restaurants have employees then. <laughs> Right. They do. They do. I don't know how it gets pulled off, but yeah. Well, there they, are they ways do. around a drug test. That is true. Well, was, yeah, we know about the magazines, which mm-hmm. speaks to the level of intellect of cannabis smokers, that there are magazines about cannabis and not other illicit drugs, except for alcohol. Sure. You know, excuse me, you, you mean, it does well, speak a great deal about the true intellect there. You know, Val, it's, and, I find it so ironic that most of these people who are huge proponents of drug testing and think that basically people should be banned from having jobs if they choose to use certain substances recreationally without harming anybody uh, are some of the same people who drink very heavily, uh, you know, often in front of their children or uh, are abusing alcohol. And somehow that's considered okay, but other substances are not. And alcohol is not at all a benign substance. No, no. Well, what's hilarious to me is you try working with someone that you know downs a suitcase of beer every night. You know, try going to work with that guy or someone that's on, um, shall we say, the substitute for heroin. Sure, I'm sure they have a very... It it can be... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say... I said I can be... (laughs) Go ahead, Val. (laughs) It can be a very interesting situation, and that's just putting it politely. Sure, I'm sure they have a very pleasant disposition at work. Right, right. And then the other thing, and I only heard this story once in the news, so um, you may have to check, do some fact-checking, but um, I understand the ACLU took a case before the um, Florida State Court um, pertaining to um, insisting that people on public assistance take drug tests. And uh, the, yes. I think it was, I think you're familiar with that, and basically some people openly said, well, I'll never pass the test. So I'm not going to get public assistance. They said a high number of individuals did pass the test. And then the state court basically said, well, we're not going to make it mandatory for people on public assistance. And I'm not trying to knock the fact that people do need help or assistance. And I'm not going to say that everybody that's on public assistance does uh, illicit drugs. That's unfair as well. But it seems um, upside down to me, if you will, because it's like saying that people who get up every day, go to work, want a job, don't want public assistance, we're under more scrutiny than those that don't. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to make sense of that in my mind. And um, I look at it this way. Val, thank you, yeah, thank I, you so much for the, the call and the thoughts tonight. Really do appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you know, what do you it think? It seems to me like there are certain professions where drug use might be dangerous. Yes, um, I'm thinking yeah. of like doc, like a surgeon, right? A brain surgeon probably mm-hmm. should be drug free when he goes to work, right? Um, and I can understand an organization having that desire to right. put that in yeah, place. You, Although I don't think high level brain surgeons. Uh, probably you, are coming to work high. You don't want to pull a Jack Shepard. Or I, I guess it was his father. Who's later. Jack Shepard? It's a character from Lost. Not familiar. Okay, gotcha. I, I wasn't, <laughs> his dad was, I was drunk and doing some sort of surgery. Yeah, spinal surgery. Yeah. Well, you know, funny enough, um, being in these medical circles, I sometimes hear stories, and a couple years back, 
uh, at the place where uh, I'm going to school, there was this um, prominent surgeon, I think he was a heart surgeon, who came out of the closet basically as a pot consumer after he retired. And it said that, you know, he had often just used it to relax and uh, steadied his hands and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you know, and it, it, people thought of it as kind of scandalous, but he never hurt anyone. Everybody loved him in the community and he had a yeah. really good track record. Sure. I'd I'm not rather... I'm not advocating that doctors get high at work, of course, or, no. or that anyone do that. And it, honestly, I, if I'm going to be completely honest with you all, my, I'm. I'm just not interested in, in smoking marijuana or drinking. Right. But, you know, uh, I, I don't think that the solution to those problems is to put people in cages. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I would rather have a doctor who's a pothead than a drunk. Uh, I agree. I think I would probably take that trade off, too. It's it's probably a false dichotomy. But, uh, sure. you know, there are lots of doctors who get addicted to painkillers and especially the uh, anesthesiologists. They're kind of breathing in these fumes sometimes uh, it, and they it, it can kind of get them hooked. It can spark that uh, little addiction. And so it can be a problem with with doctors and medical wow. residents. And then, you know, the, of course, there's the problem of uh, when doctors have to stay up really late and they're on call all night and they feel so much pressure to keep going with their job, even though they're really tired. And so they get addicted to amphetamines and stimulants and stuff like that. Sure. So, I'm sure after a while, caffeine just doesn't cut it for you anymore. Sure. Yeah. I was actually talking to Dale, one of the other hosts. I don't think he hosts currently. He's a former but, co-host and he but, has uh, Prometheus Unchained right. his show now. Yeah. yeah, we were actually talking about this lunch and he brought up an interesting point, which was that um, he wondered whether or not uh, the drug testing in the workplace would be as prominent if there wasn't the uh, mandatory unemployment insurance that goes up when people get fired, for uh, example. Yes. You know, yes. if that would just change the atmosphere. Because the way unemployment insurance works, and I could be wrong, I don't know a lot about it, but employees are, or employers are required to pay in, and I understand that the more they fire, uh, it goes up. So they don't mm. have, they have an incentive not to fire people, and with that he was thinking that maybe they thought that if they could cut out anyone who could potentially be a drug user, then... Then they could. Yeah, it is interesting. It does seem like it would kind of skew the market a little bit yeah. toward wanting to hire people and then not have much turnover in your employees. So I yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's also important to point out that it's basically a marijuana test mm -hmm. because all other drugs, heroin, meth, yes. the hard drugs, they're out of your system 72 hours. Yeah. So it's really just a test against marijuana right. smokers. And, and you're obviously not testing for LSD, which do, it doesn't isn't trackable in your urine, right? I'm not sure about I that. I don't I don't believe MDMA is either. MDMA or, is. Oh, there is there are metabolites, right? I yeah. believe that MDMA would show up as a stimulant with amphetamine. Mhm. Mm yeah, cuz it's a similar structure. Right. Ah, interesting stuff. We have more calls. I wonder what your thoughts are about this, too. 855-450-FREE is the number. We're going to go into some more calls right about now. We've got William on the line in South Carolina. He wants to talk about organ donation. William, are you, are you with us? Yes. Um, I tuned in right when y'all had a couple of calls about that. And then with this drug thing, it, it uh, gave me another comment. Uh, really, I'm not going to start a debate, but just two quick comments. One about the organ donation. Sure. Um I am an organ donor. I got it on my license, um, but uh, I've, I've worked in some hospitals before. I'm a pharmacist, and mm -hmm. with some patients who have been, you know, lifelong drug abusers and have really brought upon, you know, their disease on themselves by their own behavior, mm -hmm. I would feel not as good about them having my liver as, say, you know, a, a child or, you know, young adult stricken with some, you know, rare 
disease or um, mm-hmm. something where they didn't cause it themselves, you know. Um, yeah, William, comment. you know, I can sympathize with that argument, but I do feel like I have to say something. I mean, you know, you, you can never really understand someone's situation. And I'm, I'm not saying that uh, abusing one's body is uh, excusable or anything like that, but I think there are some mitigating circumstances. A lot of people have horrible trauma in their past that they don't really have the opportunity to deal with in a healthy way. And, and sometimes they turn to drugs as a result of that, or, you know, you kind of just sure. never know. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times when they do get sort of a second chance, um, they can be really grateful, you know? So, yeah, well, I figured that would maybe stimulate some talk, but the, uh, yeah, the William, question, you know, hold that thought with us. We're going to bring you back. Hold on the line more with William when we return. He's got some more stuff that he wants to say, and we're going to find out what it is at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight. It's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. are listening to Free Talk Live. Thank you for joining us tonight and welcome to the show. We're kicking off hour two. It's Stephanie here with you. And Julia. And Luther. Yes, indeed. And you can always feel free to call the show and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is an open phone show where you can take control of the airwaves. So take advantage of that and uh, go to m.freetalklive.com for all different kinds of ways to listen to Free Talk Live on your mobile phone, as well as access the podcast where all kinds of archives of the show are yours for free. It's such good stuff, and it's pretty unusual for radio shows to give away their archives for free, but Free Talk Live loves their listeners, and that's what we do. So I want to let you know about something else. Uh, Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? Well, now you can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. And the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is also coming up this February 23rd through the 26th. Register now and get 10% off with coupon code FTL2012. Are you all going to Liberty Forum? Uh, I am. I'm going to be volunteering. Oh, wonderful. Yep, I do plan on it as well. And I also plan on volunteering, uh, doing some volunteer first aid there, actually. Oh, and- <laughs> great. I have no idea what they'll have me be doing. Uh, I guess usually they have people like ticket takers or door watchers. Or they'll put you to work. Stuff, yeah, set up chairs, <laughs> all that kind you, of stuff. You'll be the water boy. <laughs> They're the house boy or something. <laughs> oh, my. 
Yeah. Anyway, so we got a lot of phone calls on the line. I want to make sure we get to everybody. First, let's bring William back from South Carolina. He had something else he wanted to say. I think it's related to organs. William, are you with us? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Wonderful. Um, yeah, the, the second comment was more about the uh, the drug screenings at, at places of work. Ah, yes. Um, you, yeah, and you mentioned uh, some professions. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm a pharmacist, so you can imagine, you know, we're working around a couple thousand drugs, uh, a lot of them controlled substances. And I think with private industry, you know, if you're, I think you should have the freedom to hire and do what you want. Um, and you probably would agree with me on that. And so, yes. you know, if a company says, hey, you know, I don't want a drug addict coming in here is on heroin, work around all this Oxycontin and so forth. I think it's reasonable. Um, uh, I don't see a problem with it if it's a private company saying, hey, you know, if you want to work here, this, this is my standard. Um, Yeah, William, you know, I pretty much agree with you. Um, The problem kind of comes in, though, when it becomes so ubiquitous that it gets really difficult to get a job without one of these things. What do you think, uh, Luther and Julia? Well, I used to fix copy machines, Mm -hmm. and they would drug test us. I ended up just never taking mine and they never asked me to again hmm. uh well when you when you're first hired they do if you get in any kind of major accident they'll do it or if they think there's because a you're driving around a lot for this well, part yeah, of the job yeah, right you know um but uh honestly if if those if the drug tests were really screening they would have no employees there i mean we're all technicians <laughs> you know we're all just you know blue collar guys we we all loved smoking pot <laughs> Well, I had to take I've taken two drug tests for jobs and I, I thought it was interesting because I I used to be a regular marijuana smoker. I don't really smoke that much anymore. It's, I've just kind of grown out of it. But I passed both of them. And when I took the first one, I had been smoking every day for 10 years uh, up till wow. two days before the test. Huh. And I passed it just with drinking water. And um, so it, when I, and I passed the second one, too. And at that point in time, I, I mean, I had smoked within the week and mm-hmm. i was just i i mean it it's really been interesting for me because i've always heard these horror stories about how marijuana doesn't leave your system and mm. and it just wasn't the case with me interesting so, well and also i've heard other stories on on the flip side of how things like poppy seeds can give a false positive result for hair opioids and what stuff what i hear you have to eat like a pound of poppy yeah. seeds for it to show up <laughs> yeah you gotta eat a lot and the, gotcha. the other the only other thing i would say to comment i don't know if it's been brought up yet is the attorney factor in that, you know, with some jobs and some professions, as you can imagine, something goes wrong at work, let's say in a pharmacy or hospital, and they say, oh, what do you mean you don't do drug tests when you hire people? And then they, yeah, I could just foresee, you know, attorneys having a field day with somebody suing, um, what do you mean let this guy even try and find out? Yeah, you know, so in my opinion, that's a problem with the litigiousness oh, yeah. of the society and this court system that makes oh, yeah. it possible. Oh, yeah. William, thanks so much for the call tonight. We certainly do appreciate it. Let's go right into uh, Shadow's call. Shadow's in Huntsville, Alabama. He wants to talk about a question of great depth. What's on your mind, Shadow? Yeah, it's something I've been trying to figure out ever since my high school days. And, you know, I've, I've always liked history, but I've, I've never something that's consistent all through history, and that is, from Bible times up to the present, the people that always wind up in the ruling class are the very ones that need that should be in straight wearing straight jackets in padded rooms and on medication. And I've never figured that one out. 
Yeah, well, people are attracted to power. Yeah, positions they, of power yeah. are going to attract narcissistic, sociopathic, um, you know, just self uh, gratifying and people. and not only that but power corrupts as lord acton says and oh, absolute sure, sure. power corrupts absolutely right so when you get to the top there's all these extra incentives you know the last caller was saying that he was a pharmacist and i was just thinking of how many people either get into that profession because they want to be around drugs so that they can do things that they're not supposed to do with them or so that or they get into the pr- profession and they have such easy access to them that they, and they kinda, see how much money they can make. Yeah. It's yeah. a very my understanding about pharmacy work is it's a very difficult field to get it. Like you have to pass a lot of tests, jump through a lot of hoops to get to that point. So yes. I would think that a, a severe drug addict wouldn't be capable of of doing that. But that's just my what but, I know about pharmacy work. There are some that can kind of creatively hide it. I guess yeah. you could say, you know, they, they seem on the outside to really be have their have their stuff together. And then, you know, they're really doing all kinds of drugs or something like that. But you could probably only keep up appearances for so long. If right. Well, he sure. mentioned heroin. Mm-hmm. And all I like to think is that, you know, for a little while you could keep that up. But yeah. heroin addiction eventually gets so ugly that yeah, I don't think gonna you'd be able to hide you it. Nodding off and they're going to notice, uh, you know, the track marks, you know, unless you do it into your toes. But, you know, Thanks. eventually you're going to run the out neck. of veins. Yeah. Shadow, thank you so much for the call tonight. I hope that uh, answered his question. Maybe not uh, in the depth that he was hoping for, but I think it's there's not Some that much to it. Some deep questions have simple answers. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, wh- especially when you when you're talking. I mean, about we could government. take it on a case by case basis, and mm-hmm. you know, but that would take all night. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just when you're talking about government, which is an organization that is providing services uh, by force. You know, people are forced to pay for them. They can. They're not able and they're to opt to out. Accept them. Yes, and it's essentially a monopoly on certain services. Uh, monopolies don't have much of an incentive to have good customer service, right, and to satisfy the customers because they don't have to work for the business. They're going to get their money no matter what happens, no matter how uh, poorly they treat their so-called customers. When you think about the businesses that give, or I shouldn't even say businesses, but the places where you get the worst customer service, where you wait the longest, it's the post office. The DMV, yes. I think, is on everybody's <laughs> hate hate to go there list, yes. right? So, I mean, it's just they're just not incentivized, like you said. Yeah, and uh, I mean, have you ever tried reporting a property crime to the police? Oh, yeah, yeah they come and they, one. you know, The Big Lebowski. I never did get that bicycle back. Yeah. The Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies ever. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, I've but there's it. the scene where he's reporting his stolen briefcase to the cops and they're just sitting there staring at him blankly mm. and like, <laughs> they, yeah. and it's just they so amusing because it's very true. If you've yeah. ever reported stolen and, property, and that's what to, they do. When mm-hmm. he goes to reclaim his stolen car, which was also stolen in the movie, and he asks if they have any leads, the cop just laughs at him. Yeah. Because honestly, like they're not concerned with that at all you you can't make money in returning stolen property you know you're you're better off going with some kind of private organization than the police yeah uh and actually i know someone who recently had her checkbook stolen and just had it uh, in a room that she thought was locked but somebody went in and uh stole it and when she reported this to the police uh they didn't care they had no interest in taking uh, and a role in her case. So she did her own detective work and she looked at her credit card statements and uh, tried to find out where the person had been and then requested the security tapes from those wow. places and was actually able to track down the person. Uh, and, you know, she didn't want him to go to jail, which um, 
you know, that's that's her thing. I think it matters what the victim wants. Sure. But, you know, she she's paying for the police, but she did all that detective work herself. Wow. That's a pretty impressive story. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, this is Free Talk Live. You can call in with your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Got an interesting detective story? I'd love to know. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luthor. (laughs) Indeed. And if you would like to help us promote the show, go to promote.freetalklive.com. So many people hear about Free Talk Live when a friend mentions it to them or they see a web banner or a flyer somewhere. uh, And there's all kinds of free promotional stuff over there for your pleasure. Uh, Always appreciate when people help us out that way. We've got some more calls on the line, but I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with us this evening. Call 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733 if you would like to add your thoughts to the discussion. We've been talking about some interesting things, teased some articles about uh, female issues, and also uh, talked about organ brokerage on the black market, drugs, uh, and a snowstorm. That I have a question for you, Stephanie, just because you weren't here sure. when we talked about this. How do you think one gets into the or the black market organ business? Oh, gosh, that's really interesting. Well, you know, I know from uh, looking into it that in some countries like uh, India, for instance, it's, it's de facto illegal to broker organ transactions, but uh, a lot of doctors do it anyway. And it's one of the only countries in the world that does not have a kidney shortage. And kidneys are kind of a special case because one can live with only one kidney or even like there's case reports of halves and quarter kidneys, people living with just that. Um, And as far as how do people get into it, I think probably they encounter a desperate situation, you know, uh, themselves. Mm -hmm. And they they have some kind of dealings with it. Right. And And they have to make that personal decision. Yeah. And I guess they would have to have a lot of connections among the healthcare industry because they would have to be able to test the person's blood type and see if they match the recipient and they would have to know a little bit about transplant science and how it works. So I imagine that there might be transplant doctors who get into it or people who know transplant doctors. I don't know. Very um, interesting. It is You're very interesting. You're in the medical field is the reason I asked because mm. to me, I, I just think, wow, if I needed to get a kidney, what would I do? I have no idea. I, I wouldn't yeah. even know where to start. I, would, I know a guy. <laughs> I wouldn't either. You can meet him in this back alley. He'll be uh, working out of his van. With a cooler full of ice, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, if you really need to go get a kidney, the, the thing that you do is go to a, a bar and pick up a good-looking stranger that looks healthy, and then you, you bring <laughs> him home, him some roofies. fill the bathtub full of ice. No, I'm, I'm totally yeah. kidding about that. There's a lot of urban legends, but I don't know if that actually really happens. Uh, although, you know, there was uh, something that I read a while back. I don't know if this is still true, but uh, I heard that in some places in the Middle East, actually, like... Uh, Iran, that it was legal to sell kidneys and that there were people who uh, would buy and sell kidneys and the going rate was uh, 
pretty low. It was only a couple thousand dollars, but that people would uh, sell their kidneys. Usually it was like a dad or a father of a family, and they would use that money to kind of invest in a business or, or buy pay off a home or something like that. So it's an interesting thing to think about. You kind of wonder how desperate people are when they get into a circumstance where they're like, okay, I have nothing left to do but sell my kidney. You know, uh, and you wonder about the quality of life because it's not a trivial thing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing considering that there's a lot of propaganda against the Middle East these days with the war on terror going on, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and how uncivilized they are. But, you know, they're, they're making something like this legal, uh, you know, selling kidneys, and they're not having the black market issues with it that we have in this country. Mm. Well, well it, it, oh, go ahead, Julia. I was just going to say you mentioned that there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, a bigotry basically against the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I imagine that the people that that believed that that really felt that they were uncivilized would would say that that was a bad thing. Yes, I think you're right because it's considered barbaric, right? right? It's like uh, commodifying the human body, and I kind of tend to agree with that. But at the same time, uh, it's your body. You know, if you can yeah. sell your eggs, you can yeah. sell your sperm, you can sell your blood and your bone marrow. Or uh, uh, what are know, they called? Stem cells. Stem cells, yeah, uh, bo- from bone marrow um, mm-hmm. are another thing. Um, you know. I, I, I think you should be able to sell your organs or at least have some kind of a contract where basically you get some amount of money during your life for the privilege to have your organs if you are killed in such a way, like in a car crash or something like that, that they're usable. Now, I could see some corruption with that for sure, right? Like, uh, sure, scavengers be, <laughs> coming out. Yeah, and yeah an incentive off to. the organs before the ambulance shows up. Yeah, yeah, or, or the incentive to kind of uh, whack someone, I guess you could say, for their organs. But, uh, you know, um, I but think. But if it was a family member maybe or somebody you really trusted mm-hmm. like if it was a contractual agreement then oh, it that would it would really... only go to your family yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it would be up to you to decide whether or not you felt comfortable allowing somebody the privilege to your organs so yes exactly and i, I like that because you know if you don't un- own yourself what do you own really um, unfortunately i don't believe that they think that we really do own ourselves no i i think you're absolutely right about that so we we do still have some calls waiting on the line very patiently and if you would like to weigh in with your thoughts 855-450-3855-450-3733 let's go to david in delaware who's been waiting patiently with us he wants to talk about occupy wall street david are you with us yes i am how are you this, uh, this evening wonderful thanks for calling tell us what you wanted to say well, I wanted to say, um, well, I guess just one thing. Now that the cold weather, the rainy weather, and quite frankly, the snow has hit uh, the northeast and the, and the uh, central states, such as Delaware and so forth, yes, it's, it's my opinion that these uh, Wall Street protesters will very, very shortly disband them. Hmm. And, well, there's uh, been talk of actually a winterization committee. Have you have you all heard about this? There, no, there no I talk- haven't heard about a winterization committee. But right now, there could this could lead to severe health problems. Yeah, it could lead to severe sanitation issues. It could lead to severe, um, 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 literally. Um, uh, human human problems. I mean, yeah, I, I to... hear I hear what you're saying, David. Yeah, although right. some of those issues probably existed before, where sure. anywhere yeah. where there were I, large I, groups I can, of people, yeah, ahead, human beings I, used I, to I, live I, out in the snow. In in yeah. what I can was give essentially you three examples. Three examples in American history where people have survived this. Number one is the American Revolution. 
Oh, yes. There, there was, was a lot of disease okay. back then, too, though. Yeah, they didn't have the same hygiene that we did. They nope. didn't have yes. the, uh, and they all no antibiotics. They all had one objective at that time. Well, not you all know, of them. You know what that objective was. Uh, well, and not the all of them won the war. David, the David, time, David, 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 Luther I'm sorry. Has a uh, not all of them had that objective. In fact, a lot of them wanted to go home, and a lot of them would go home and desert. Um, uh, and there were they punishments did. for they this. They did, but eventually, they had one specific objective in mind. And what was that? Hello? Go ahead, David. To overthrow the reign of England at that time. The second example would be the Civil War, when people endured significant hardships, and they had one objective at that time, and so, that so was David, to preserve the Union and overthrow slavery. So, David, the are you are you time, looking forward those are to two objectives? Yeah, I know. I interrupted David, but I want to know where he's going with this. Are, I mean, are you hoping that the Occupy Wall Street will end, David? David? Yes, I am. Okay. Because they are a ragtag group of people with no specific objective in mind. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. Um, well, there's no focused objective I, or anything else. Uh, uh, Julia, go, go ahead. Julia has a comment. Terms, David, Julia, there, Julia has a comment. Well, I just thought it was interesting that you said ragtag, because I think that a lot of people would say that the American revolutionaries were very ragtag. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And they had nothing except a hope and a desire to overthrow tyranny David, thank you so much for the call England. and the thoughts tonight. We do appreciate it. Well, different individuals in the Occupy movement do have objectives, and that's just that they're individuals. But I say it's hard to commit to something like we're not leaving until our demands are met. If you, you don't know, know what yeah, you're... Committing to something like that is not always a good Free idea. Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. We certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luther. And you can call us and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We're also talking about some interesting stuff tonight, whatever we want. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, we've been covering the topic of organ brokerage or block, black market organ sales. Always an interesting topic when you talk about things that are kind of outside of the legal realm. So if you have thoughts, 855 855- it's, it's also interesting because it's so incredibly taboo. I just don't imagine that yeah. that goes through many people's heads, you know, unless it's something that you've personally had some sort of an experience with. Absolutely. I just can't imagine many people even know it exists because they've never thought about it. Yes. Yeah. And actually, you know, it, it goes beyond just organs, too. Um, we can talk about this maybe coming up a little bit, but uh, I know with bone marrow transplants, they're pretty common because anytime someone has a leukemia, uh, lymphoma, they, a lot of times they get bone marrow transplants. But it's really hard to find um, all the genes that match uh, the person who's the recipient. 
Um, so, so the donor and the recipient have to match in certain genes in order for the bone marrow transplant to be accepted by the host. But especially for people of color and, you know, different ethnicities, like uh, uh, for Caucasian people, I guess it's pretty easy to find matches because they, I don't know, have homogeneous genes. But uh, for, for certain other ethnicities, it can be really difficult. And so I oh, wonder wow. if you were in a situation where you had a kid who had an unusual genotype and needed to find a match. I wonder what you would do to, to go to find that, you know? Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. The bone marrow registry is kind of um, a voluntary thing. Like you volunteer to uh, get tested to see what type your bone marrow is. And if you need to give someone a transplant, they'll call you up and then they'll do the procedure. But it's actually quite painful to donate uh, bone marrow and people can feel kind of down in the dumps for a couple of weeks afterwards. And so there's a little bit of an incentive not to do that, except that you can save someone's life. And so wow. sometimes they, I think there would be a lot more people lining up to become bone marrow donors if they had uh, maybe a little bit more of an incentive. I don't know. Right. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So um do want to let you know, have you ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It can cost less than an hour with any good attorney, and the 4CD course is so easy that the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters, uh, use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and then buy the course, Jurisdictionary.com. And remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out. Let them know that you heard about it on Free Talk Live. That's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, we're going back to the phones. We've got a call from Steve in Seattle waiting very patiently with us who wants to talk about some crazy bike ride. Steve, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I have a really stupid idea, um, and I I get these ideas, but this is like the king of stupid ideas, and, and I usually end up saying, how did I get myself into this? But this <laughs> Lay is it on us. That I've, Tell us more. This is, okay, this is something I've wanted to do probably since I was in my early 20s, and uh, I'm now in my 40s. The suspense um, is I've built. I've always wanted to ride, ride a bike across the United States. Uh, uh, yeah. I know one, somebody who did one, that. Me too. Actually. You really? Oh, that's yep. awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to. That's why I wanted to call. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that's a I, stupid uh, idea at we all. We actually Steve. know somebody who walked across yes. the country as well. Yeah, yeah so, that would be Will, Will Buchanan that, yeah, from the for, Walk for Liberty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and the uh, the two things that always held me back were, um, and I was always very athletic, uh, and, and then I got in really terrible shape here the last few years, but now I'm getting back into shape. And one of the things when you're, you know, live this fitness lifestyle is you want to set goals. Well, what better goal is there than riding a bike all the way across the country? I mean, that's a pretty big one. That would be um, pretty intense. We had planned planned this about 20 years ago, me and a bunch of guys, and one by one they bailed until finally it was just me. And I'm not going to do it by myself. I mean, I might be crazy, but I'm not stupid. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and so I, uh, I I didn't do it then, but and and then in the subsequent years I never really had a reason to. Well, now I do. I have two reasons. One, it's a it's a physical challenge, and the other one is it might be a good way to spread the word about uh, the Free State Project in Port Fest. So my idea is to ride uh, my bike from Seattle 
to uh, to New Hampshire in time and arrive like the day before or two days before Pork Fest begins. That wow. is a really cool idea. I think that's a great idea, and yeah, that I will like catch it. media attention, and and you know you'll be able to talk about it that way. I think that's a great way to raise uh, awareness for 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 the Free State Project and for liberty in, in our lifetime. I'm pretty sure that that's exactly, exactly why Will Buchanan did it, and yeah, and but, it was. I think he would say, and I don't want to speak for him, that it was just a really positive experience overall. Yes, and mm-hmm. he did get a lot of media coverage, and and he, he met a lot of interesting people, and mm-hmm. he. I mean, I just think it was, it, it seemed great. He had a series of videos that he did along the way, and they were very entertaining. Yes, and he was in the Libertopia right. movie as well, uh, chronicling his walk. Yeah, now, so you could be a movie star. You could. Yeah. Now, Steve, I want to ask you uh, if you've talked to anyone who's actually done this, because I know a couple of friends who have done this for different charities, like uh, one person I knew in undergraduate who was a uh, personal trainer, rode his bike across the U.S. to raise money for muscular dystrophy, um, and people oh. do it for different uh, charities and stuff like that. So have you talked to any of these people to get their experiences and what they maybe feel they could have no. done differently? No, and that's exactly what why I wanted to call, because mm-hmm. I have the idea, but I have no, I, I have no idea to turn it into a reality, and I also have no idea into how to turn it into, like, maybe a fundraiser, even if it's just a fundraiser to fund itself, you know? Right. Because uh, I, I did read a blog of a guy who did this of $3,000 in bike parts and food and, and whatnot, um, uh, not including the cost of the bicycle, but just the journey itself. Well, right. Well, and Steve, you could get and, sponsors. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say, Luther. And how do you do that? That's what I was... Well, I would start by contacting... I need to hook up with somebody who knows all that stuff. Steve, I would say to contact organizations that you already like that are maybe liberty-oriented, contact the Free State Project. Maybe they would sponsor Uh you. Uh, you know, get in touch with some other organizations, get right. on Facebook, yeah, network listen with some to, uh, freedom people. I would people. listen to or watch liberty-oriented media and see who's sponsoring them and call them up and say, hey, I have this idea, I'm going to do this, I think it'll be a great way to get your product or service known, you know, it's going to be covered nationally because I'll be riding my bike all over. You yes. know, I, I think, honestly, you have a shot of getting some some serious sponsorship in this. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, I, our I friends... Steve, our friends uh, from LibertyOnTour.com, uh, Pete and Adamo and Bo, who was their most recent c- crew member, uh, drove an RV around the country and were getting sponsors. And they would put little decals on the side of the RV with the name of the sponsor. And they did quite well that way. Uh, so maybe uh, you could hook up with them and see how they did it. Uh, and I want to sure. say good luck to you, Steve. I really appreciate you letting us know about that. Please call us back and let us know how you do. And good luck. Okay, one one other thing. If, sure. if anybody wants to uh, give me ideas or whatever, I did actually create a, an event on Facebook. And what's that called so I, people I, can I, search for it one time? Uh, yeah, it's called Bicycle Ride from Seattle, Washington to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Woo, so if you, put, if you just put in Bicycle Ride and, and Porcupine Freedom Festival into the Facebook search function, it should be the first thing that pops right up. All right. Thank you so much for the call, Steve, and good luck. Look forward to seeing you at Porkfest. (laughs) Yep, always a fun time. Let's go straight into another call. Dave in California wants to talk about Occupy Wall Street, and he's listening on KGOB. Dave, are you with us? Yes, I'm with you, and thank you so much. I love your show. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, I was concerned with the previous caller. Uh, I am very much a supporter of this Occupy movement. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to share with you a couple of thoughts that maybe you and your listeners will be able to think out with me. But we now live in a country where it's estimated that uh, 
and versus the one percent. Uh, that's what we're up against. And that's what they yet, say. How, yeah. yeah. How does it end up? Well, I mean, it's less than one percent that are the multi-millionaire, billionaire type, and that are the greedy special interests. And most of us are working people in varying levels, and some quite poor, minimum wage and social security type. Well, Dave, so, Dave, hold that thought for a moment. I want to explore this a little bit further. Hang on the line with us, if you would. Yeah, I, I just like to say that I'm not rich, but I am greedy. I'm selfish. <laughs> and, and we can get into that on why I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Call us with your thoughts. We'll be right back. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luther. Yeah, we're excited to be here doing a show with you all. And of course, Free Talk Live is an open phone show where you can call and bring up whatever's on your mind. We've had a lot of participation tonight, and that's been great. And if you would like to join the discussion, 855-450-3733 is the SACL CAI toll-free number that you can call in order to talk to us this evening. And are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com are family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low that they can't be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. All right. Lady and gentlemen, uh, let's jump right back into the calls. Julia, did you have something to say? You look like you were... No, I would like the gentleman to come back. I have some things to say with him. Yes, and of course, we thank you for the reminder. We were talking with Dave in California before the last break, talking about Occupy Wall Street, and he is a supporter. Is that right, Dave? That is correct. I very much am, and I am also sure that Luther is being honest with us, the listeners, when he says that he is himself a non-millionaire, but still greedy and selfish. And so I think that's going to be spoke to, because I, I don't know what percentage of us that applies to, but for me, if I find people that are willing to work and do work, work hard and can't afford health insurance, not sure if they're going to be able to have adequate money for food during a month, people that don't have a stable living because, despite their willingness to work and work hard, and some of them even educated quite well, then that troubles me. I am not what I would describe as a selfish, greedy non-millionaire. I'm one who looks with these people, and I, it troubles me. I want to see if we could do something. Yeah, uh, that, sounds like point, a, it, that sounds like a fulfillment of your own personal uh, values, which is in itself selfish. <laughs> yeah, you, I guess you could make the argument that there's right. no truly selfless act, right? And I'm sorry, what's the caller's name again? It's Dave. Dave. Um, yeah. uh, when I say I'm selfish, like, there are people that I care about, and their happiness is very important to me, and I'm selfish in that respect. And, like, lately I've had to just focus on myself, and I'm working a lot, you know, and actually I've been kind of depressed about it because I can't help people out, and, like, I don't have time for other people all the time. Hmm. Well, I have one. 
I have one thought I'd very much like to share and get you the, your thoughts on it, and that is if we have anything close to the 99% and 1%, if we have a Congress that is made up roughly where the 1% have been able to come up with enough Congress members to be able to outvote and outgun the, the Congress members that supposedly represent the 99%, I have to ask the question, how can that happen in a democracy? How do people uh, <laughs> democracy vote is for kind of a good question. Yeah. <laughs> you hear this? Hear this because I think it's a logical point. How do you come up with a one percent of greedy people able to collect, uh, put in place the majority of the uh, Congress that we are up against, the Senate, uh, that they will vote against the working people that they can't have jobs, they can't have adequate health care. Dave, I think Julia have. has some comments on that. I just wanted to touch on, because you keep saying the 1%, which it's my understanding that the 1% is the 1% of the wealthiest. It's it's basically the wealthiest. It's kind of a meme and a generalization. It's, you know, the people who are in bed with government and buying off the government, right? Uh, Well, okay, so it's only the people who are buying off the government? I don't know. What bothers me about this is it seems like all people who are wealthy are sort of lumped in with these... Yeah. You know, with these these criminals, with essentially. The ones who are the bootlickers for the government, right? Right. I yeah. mean, there are certainly, there's a lot of corruption in at higher corporate levels, and, and I do not in any way support the bailouts that were given to Wall Street. But it seems when people no. talk about the 1%, they're, they're, they're sort of lumping all wealthy people in together, and it's almost like they're mad at them or jealous, maybe, of them for being wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, let me see that. That if I might, that, that I know there are some people that are very successful who are also decent people who are not just purely exploited. Uh, there are others, however, that are very exploited that make eight, ten billion dollars a year and say we can't afford to pay our employees more than minimum wage. We yeah, Dave. Dave, if I could just—if I could interject here, you know, I, I hear a lot of concern for everyday people in your in your words and stuff, and I completely am on board with that. Like, I really agree, and I think that it's important for businesses to treat their employees ethically and stuff like that. Um, would you say though that uh, a lot of these big corporations are enabled by the government by all of the licensing and restrictions that apply to smaller businesses that they can kind of skirt around because they have enough lawyers and because of patents and copyrights and because of uh, the whole corporate personhood thing that they really uh, the big companies are are enabled by the government to act in this manner. If you you allow me, I think it's a combination of things. I do believe that the very, very wealthy and greedy are in a position to pay off to buy whatever Congress members they choose and give them an incentive to vote their way to get us into wars that are just there for profit. Iraq and Iran, they never did anything to us, neither did Triple either. Oh, so yeah. we are, we are in so many ways seeing our own Congress members with their hands out to the worst of these big special interests saying, give me the money and I'll vote any way you want me to vote, and they're voting against the people. So the only way they can do that and get away with it, and I hope to get reelected, is they're cheating. They are rigging elections. Sure. These damn electronic voting machines have to Dave, go. I think Luther has something to say. But uh I think if you take out the mechanism that gives the government power uh to uh, uh to give favors to their uh 
to their corporate buddies, you know, then you wouldn't have this crony corporatism uh, economy. You would, and if you let the market just be free and let people decide for themselves what goods or services they want to buy, and uh, you know, and let that be the regulator on the market, I think you're going to solve a lot of these problems. Well, I think I agree in part, and that is to say, if you and I both opened a factory, we're going to make can openers. And one of us, let's say it's you, decide you're going to pay your employees a decent wage, you're going to give them health insurance, you're going to treat them right. And I say, not me, I'm going to cheat my employees every way I can and give them minimum wage and fire them if they don't play my game. Well, you know and what's going to happen is I'm going yeah, to you're going go to, have to all your the employees, employees. <laughs> and I'm going to say, hey, come work for me. You know, I want the best employees. I'll pay you better. I'll give you health benefits, you know. And what's going to happen is you're not going to have anybody working for you, or you're going to have a hard if time I, finding if workers. If I don't put you out of business for us. If well, I don't well, put you out of business It's hard to put him out of business prices, with no employees. Keeping, <laughs> simply keeping your overhead low isn't the only factor in being successful. Like, I, yes. if, I have the, if I'm paying people more, then chances are I'm getting the better workers and the more skilled employees and so i'll be putting out a better product presumably than your can openers so like people oh, well, might not want to buy your can opener and then you'll go also out of you could you could gain a reputation as being a horrible person to work for yes and people would want to support luther's can openers sure. yeah for instance oh. uh you know if, if anyone's familiar with google it's one of the companies that has a great reputation for being a, a really fun place to work because they provide their employees with lots of things food uh, a gym at work and all kinds of yeah. they have 20 percent of their time one day a week at least and, and they, I, they spend working on their personal project at, at work and they're paid to do that wow. and so uh, they, it, it attracts it, it the best employees yeah it because they want to work uh, there innovation yes. well i i i gotta tell you i've quit plenty of of crummy jobs, and, and other people will do the same. Presently, we're seeing some dreadful examples. Incidentally, our economy is such that a lot of people graduating from college are competing for very low-wage jobs with no no benefits. So, yeah. well, my, we see a, a Walmart right now that's paying minimum overworking their employees and no Walmart's health benefits. A, I believe Walmart's average starting wage is $10 an hour. Which it's is higher above, than most people think. Yeah, yeah, which is above the minimum they, Walmart kind of takes the takes the brunt of, of all of this for some reason, and people mm-hmm. really yeah. have Walmart well, hatred. Are, yeah, and, and don't a forget, a huge company. They, put, they have put other competitors out of business, and they've used the regulations and restrictions that government's put in place to do so. Yeah, well, I don't... And that I, I definitely. I don't agree, Dave, with uh, some of the things that Walmart does, for instance, using eminent domain to get some land to build their stores on. I yep, really disagree yep. with that. And uh, But but at the same time, you can't deny that they've yeah. uh, it, it enriched many people's lives because they provide products really cheaply. I mean, if sure, you want to shop at Walmart all the time, it helps yeah. me out a lot. I don't make a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's the That's people right. who so are trying to... If I run, to... on, if ahead, I run an honest business next door to them, I've got big problems because of that, They. People will go there because of the low prices. But right now, you if you work for Walmart, you qualify for well, uh, metal, uh, what do you call it, the food stamp. Well, real, real quick, Dave, um, if, if you open the business right next to Walmart and people were going to Walmart anyway, that's their choice to make. That's not your choice to make. No, but it does tell me something. I am concerned as an Occupy member that greedy, exploited special interests have been taken advantage of and ripping off poor people, working people in a big way, and I am going to stand there as long as I can, regardless of the weather, Dave, to see that that comes to an end. Dave, thank you so much for the call and for your thoughts tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. We're going to talk more about greedy capitalists. 855-450-FREE. 
My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for joining us in Hour 3 of the show. Freetalklive.com is our website. And make sure to go over to news.freetalklive.com to get all the latest updates about the show in the fashion that you like them delivered, including email updates. And follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. All kinds of good stuff there. With you tonight, it's Stephanie. And Julia. And Luther. Yes, indeed. And we look forward to your calls at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. If you would like to weigh in with your thoughts on anything that we've been discussing tonight, had some interesting calls about Occupy Wall Street and even about the the very taboo subject that we were discussing before of uh, black market organ transactions. Not (laughs) something you hear about on the radio every day. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially people coming out in favor of it. Yeah, like exactly. we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would like to. Um, I would. I would not say I'm in favor of a black market in organ sales. Oh, I, w- sure, I would sure. just say that uh, I wish it a, wasn't an prohibited. Open market yeah. organ transplant is good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks for making that clarification. Yeah. I think when people hear it, you know, they may they may think, well, you know, there's a bunch of gangsters on the on the hey, radio. But... I hear you need some kidneys, buddy. Uh, <laughs> go see my friend Vinny. Uh, you know, he'll uh, hook you up. Yeah. Uh, get the bathtub, fill it up with ice. Right. <laughs> That's what they were, we were talking about before. But uh, you know, I think we should switch gears a little bit because we teased some stories at the beginning. Of the show that I really wanted to make sure that we got into. Uh, this was brought up a little bit earlier in the week. I believe you you both were on earlier uh, this week on Free Talk Live, yes. talking about this story where um, a TSA agent placed a very inappropriate note in a woman's suitcase because of one of her personal belongings that he found in the suitcase. And so I want to just briefly read this and then we can talk about it. And of course, your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Headline is sex toy in luggage elicited wildly inappropriate note from the TSA agent, Traveler says. An alert transportation security administration screener at New Jersey's Newark airport apparently spotted a, quote, sex toy stuffed inside a passenger's luggage Saturday and offered the traveler some encouragement. Quote, get your freak on, girl, was found written in black ink on the back of a TSA notice. Passenger Jill Filipovic revealed on her Twitter page, just unpacked my suitcase and found this note from the TSA. She tweeted, guess they discovered a, quote, personal item in my bag. Wow. She identified the item t- uh, in an email to New York Magazine. It was a $15 bullet, bullet vibe, excuse me, from Babeland about the most basic sex toy you can imagine. It has now been officially retired since I have no idea if the TSA agents manhandled it. So what do you uh, all I would think? do the same thing yeah. uh, with my fleshlight. Well, I think it's important to point out that we don't necessarily know that it was a male. Although I've seen the handwriting and I believe that that is clearly or... I'm pretty sure it's a male's handwriting, just personally. Yeah, there's a picture of it on this article. Right. 
Um, yeah, and, and you're right. We don't know who it was. Right. But, well, it's inappropriate uh, no matter who wrote it. Yeah, yes. it's definitely unprofessional. Yes. I've seen a lot of comments on some of the, the news sites and people are saying, well, I personally thought this was hilarious. And I, I think there's definitely a funny aspect to it. The Just the phrasing, get your freak on girl to me, is oh. it's kind of silly. And-, yeah. and, and this seems like such a small thing, but you think about it because the, these people are hired to feel you up and take naked pictures of you. Yeah. And, and you're hiring perverts like this? In the name like of this? security, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Of course it's going to attract perverts like this. Just like cops uh, attract the sociopaths, you know, the lazy, uh, uh, violent sometimes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's important to point that out. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's it's so inappropriate that I have a hard time laughing about it. Although I can see the humor because it's really geeky kind of phrasing. Well, if it was yours, like if you forget... You know, if you forget that it, this happened to somebody else and mm-hmm. it's kind of amusing if you read it on the air or whatever, read this online at home. Yep. If you think about this being yours and just the fact that somebody found it so funny that they wanted to leave you a note, like you really have no idea if they touched it, if they oh, took it out. Yeah. And it is a personal item. Clearly it's not, they have no boundaries, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's very unprofessional. I yeah. would think that whether that was, I mean, any business whether it was a government agency or a private company, it's just inappropriate. Yeah, it's not their job to comment on the contents of your suitcase, right? I mean, it's it supposedly is their job to keep people safe from guns and knives and bombs. And we all know that, you know, their own screenings that they uh, often, the, the results of these tests, these internal tests that they run on themselves get leaked, right? Where the TSA agents will try to bring guns and bombs yes. and stuff through the checkpoints and often they're not caught and so they're not even doing the job that they're ostensibly hired to do but they're goofing off and making i think i think there's a, a note of sexism in here i mean correct me if you think i'm wrong but i mean if 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 this happened to a man if that was a man's suitcase i don't know do you think someone would have said this to a man do you think there's an element of gender in here i, I think a, a a male using a sex toy is less uh common or at least it seems to me well there's this there's this idea that seems to be underlying this um you know that it, it it's so extraordinary that she has this sex toy in her luggage that the why? TSA agent just has to comment on it and yeah exactly why i think i think it's because there are a lot of people who think or you know think that the the way it's supposed to be is that women have no desire for sex and they have to essentially be convinced and cajoled to do it and you have to win them over well, and stuff or and, maybe we're reading into this all wrong maybe he he really felt that way about it and he was just trying to encourage her <laughs> to get her freak on yeah sure <laughs> no i i think if that was the case he he, he or she should have just been in, in any case actually should have just been like hmm yeah and, yeah, it's, and gone it's on definitely, with your life. I mean, it's a violation of privacy. Like, why does he need to say something plus, about it? You plus, know you're, I mean? you're an adult, presumably. If you work for the TSA, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. Yeah, like um, he's never seen a vibrator before. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's phallic. <laughs> yeah. And it's and apparently it's not phallic. Right. A, a bullet is a teeny <laughs> little, like the most modest of sex toys, I think. Yes. Yeah, she said it was one the most basic kind yeah. that you can get. And, you know, good for her. It's it's safe sex with someone that you love, right? She's on the road and she, you know, she wants to bring that along. Then who cares? It's People bring a lot of personal items in their luggage and they, they shouldn't be subject to ridicule and scrutiny by the TSA. Uh, it's not like you can choose to fly on some airline that doesn't have the TSA either. You know, you, you can't opt out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people... This wouldn't bother me at all discussing this sort of thing, but a lot of people are very uncomfortable with sex. Yeah, you know, and I know, it's my understanding that this woman, if she's tweeting about it, it didn't didn't bother her in that way. Yes, but 
can you imagine somebody who's who sort of feels uncomfortable in general with with sex and stuff gets the n- nerves up to buy something like this and then somebody makes a joke about it like that could make somebody feel really kind of bad or, or guilty yes. or embarrassed yes yeah and, and I just don't I mean it wouldn't personally embarrass me it would mm-hmm. bother me if somebody left this note but yes. for different reasons sex stuff like that doesn't make me uncomfortable but it does make a lot of people uncomfortable yeah absolutely and I think that's kind of part of the problem you know like there's this attitude that sex is dirty bad sinful and and viewing it that way really kind of restricts information about it that uh, people should learn to keep themselves safe and healthy and and all that kind of stuff and so I don't know. I don't think that the guy would be giggling about a vibrator if we had a healthier yes. view of sex. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, if you think about it, you know, um, it, this, this attitude underlies a lot of stuff like the abstinence only education. Right. It's just oh, like, geez. oh, don't just don't whatever you do. Uh, don't talk about sex and especially don't do it right. Don't give people any information that might inform them a little bit about sex because then they might actually go ahead and do it and just viewing it as something that's sinful as opposed to just a normal part of human uh, existence, you know, is is really dangerous. It is. When I was 16, it always reminds me of this this story when I was 16. And my mom would deny this, but this is true. Um, She found condoms in my backpack. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't actually having sex at the time, which if I was, at least I had condoms, right? Exactly. But I really wasn't. And you never know if a friend might need them. Right. I think I had got... Someone gave them to me at school and it was like, ooh, I've got condoms, right? Just <laughs> being a, So my mom was digging around in my backpack and she found the condoms and she, she picked what me up. What was she doing digging around in your backpack? That's what kind of a mom yeah, she was. Mother. Yeah. Oh. So she was digging around in the backpack and she found them and she picked me up from a friend's house and she told me she had something very serious to, to talk to me about and she brings this up and I'm like, you know, I'm not having sex. I just have them. And she says to me, you know, I don't like the S word. <laughs> and the S word was sex. Was sex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, are you an adult? You can't even say the word sex? I think the 16-year-old Julia was more mature, mature yes, than the mother at that point. I agree. Point. Free Talk Live, give us your thoughts. Is is sex bad? Is it dirty? Call us 855-450-FREE. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're so happy to have you here with us. And check out shop.freetalklive.com if you would like an easy and convenient way to help out the show every time you do your normal shopping on Amazon.com. If you enter through our portal over shop.freetalklive.com, a percentage of your purchase price will go to Free Talk Live. It doesn't affect the amount that you pay. It just is an easy way to help us out by giving us a little referral. So uh, shop.freetalklive.com once again. And I need to let you know about Liberty Stickers. Get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny a piece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. Check them out and let your voice be heard. Libertystickers.com. All right. And this is Stephanie with you tonight. And Julia. And Luther. 
Yes, and thank you both for being here with me tonight. I know we got off to a little bit of a rocky start because of the snowstorm, but uh, it seems to be going well, and we've been having a really fun show so far. So just wanted to thank you before I lost the opportunity. We do have some calls on the line, and of course, Free Talk Live is a show where you can take control of the airwaves and weigh in with your thoughts at any time. Uh, Kind of talking about uh, sex and sexuality in the last segment, uh, sparked by the story of the TSA finding a vibrator in a woman's suitcase and freaking out and leaving her a very inappropriate note. Uh, We've got Charles on the line uh, in Kansas, I believe, listening on XM. He wants to talk about society's uh, sex negativity. Uh, Charles, are you with us? Hi. Hi, Charles. Hello? Yes. You're on the air with Free Talk Live. Well, huh? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I said you're on the air with Free Talk Live. Tell us what's on your mind. Yeah, um, I... um... I consider myself to be a victim. I really do. Um, because, you know, I grew up in a very conservative home and, you know, my, my mom, she would, uh, you know, we would watch movies and everything like that. And she would always tell us to cover eyes whenever nudity would be on screen or something like that. She would never change the channel. She would just tell us to cover our eyes or something like that. Well, Charles, it's so so ironic. Uh, Just if I could interrupt you for a moment, uh, you know, I find it so funny in American society how violence in movies and TV shows is just so commonplace and is is widely accepted as being fine for kids to watch. But the minute somebody shows off a part of their naked body, it's considered like, ooh, that's really bad. Cover the children's eyes. Quick, get them out of the room. Uh, I, it's actually... it's. Surprisingly, more common for uh, people who do the ratings to be more upset if a male is uh, uh, shown in like a full frontal nudity as opposed to a female. And really, yeah. Well, huh. I uh, I was watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High with the commentary on, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they have the sex in the pool house. Mm-hmm. And the censors were very upset that the boy was naked. They didn't say anything about Jennifer Jason Lee being naked. <laughs> Wow. I I don't I really dislike double standards in general. I'd also just like to touch on the uh, censoring children. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched a movie that you watched when you were a little kid, but there was a lot of sex jokes in them and adult jokes in general. And if you didn't understand them, you didn't process them and you didn't you don't remember them. Yeah. So I think you really don't need to cover up anything because if they don't get it. They're not going to remember it. It just goes over their head. Right. But if you point it out to them, then they'll have negative feelings about it and they'll be yeah. confused about it. They then might they have get, the wrong ideas about Then they about start sex. to get the message that it's something that you shouldn't talk about and stuff like that. Sure. And that's a great point, Julia. I think if they don't get it, then, you know, you may not need to explain it or worry about it. But if anyone like really wants to put this through the test... Watch a movie that you watched as a little kid over and over and over again, and you will hear all kinds of adult jokes that you just yeah, never picked up on. And, yeah. Yeah. Watch Looney Tunes. They, yeah. they have to make it interesting of... for the adults who are probably watching it with the children. But, sure, sure. you know, if a, if a kid does see something like that and they do have a question about a sex joke or something like that, I would I would like to think that, uh, you know at least me, I would be the type of person that anybody would feel comfortable asking a question if they had a question and and not be putting off a message that, well, that's not okay to talk about. Well, I th- you, know? you bring up an interesting point because at that point, like you're sort of, if you are the kind of parent who says, no, you know, we're this is uncomfortable, we don't want to talk about this, you right off the bat from a young age are presenting yourself as somebody who is not approachable with yes. really important issues. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a real uh, recipe for trouble. And, you know, you can always give, if a kid asks a question about uh, bodies or sex or anything like that, 
you know, everybody's a human being. We all have bodies. Yeah. We all have bodily functions. Even the scientific explanation. Yep. You can always give them an answer that's age appropriate, you know, and, you know, you don't have to make it really body or yeah, lowbrow, I guess. You don't have to guess, sit but... them down and show them a porn. <laughs> right. And, and it, it can be, a, you can answer their questions in a way that is clinical and appropriate for their age. Right. So, I don't know, Charles, do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, I, it's extremely damaging, I think, to to do this because, mm. I mean, like me and my mom, I can't talk to her about anything sexual, and and as a result, I have a sister. She's uh, she at the age of seventeen, she she you know she got pregnant because oh, she didn't know anything yeah. about sex, she didn't know anything about contraceptives or anything uh, like that. She just you know she was her hormones and everything like that was raging, and she couldn't approach my, uh, her mom. She couldn't approach me because you know I. I, me and my mom don't talk about it, and I don't talk about it in the home. It's just not talked about in the home. And, yeah. you know, my sister just had no information. And, you know, like, I, you know, having children is a beautiful thing, but, you know, she's, she didn't, she, she wasn't at the age of responsibility yet. So, sure, you know, sure. she, she definitely didn't, didn't have any kind of concept of, of what sex and responsibility of having sex really means. Sure, so, sure. You know, you know my gonna... mom never talked about it. And, it, you know, anything anything that comes on television that is sexual in nature, you know, my mom is constantly, um, she's constantly dissing. She's, you know, she she will never change a channel. She will just say, hey, don't, you know, let's not talk about this right now. So, you know, as a wow. result. And, and, and how old are you? I'm 23. Oh, okay. So even to yeah. this day, she'll act like this around you? Nope. There is no communication, nothing. It doesn't exist. Oh, um, Charles, I'm so, no, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about all this. It really breaks my heart, especially for for your sister who didn't really know what she was getting into and just didn't have the information that could could have set her free, you know. Um and and of course, like you said, sure, it's it's a beautiful thing to have children, but at the same time, I want women to have control over when they reproduce and you know to be ready for the child to come, you know. Um I don't know what to say about this. Have you have you consulted the internet or anything like that? I mean, there are some good resources out there. Like I know there's a website called scarletteen.com that has some uh, information about uh, sexuality and information that could help people stay safe and healthy. Oh no! Well, I mean, everything I've actually I'm self-taught. I'm I don't I'm autodidactic when it comes to sex. I've I've read m- numerous books about sex. I've you know um you know but. This, it's still damaging because as, as much as I know about sex and even uh, a psychological concept known as the sexual guilt cycle, um, which mm-hmm. is actually a relatively new psychological... Uh, Can you explain uh, that, please? Because I'm uh, not familiar. Well, the sexual guilt con- uh, uh, complex or the sexual guilt cycle is um, uh, Raymond Dart. He actually coined it. And um, it's basically... It has to do with uh, very conservative families uh, 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 kind of sweeping it under the carpet, and any kind of thoughts that come to mind that are impure, um, you know, it, you have to do something that will kind of either change your mind or you may have to pray about it or something like that. And this- Oh, boy. <laughs> Charles, thank you so much for the call. This is, I'm really sorry to hear that you didn't have access to the information that could help you stay safe and free your mind and do wish you good luck with that. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be back with more coming up. 855-450-FREE. Let us know what you think. It's free talk. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And I'm Luther. Indeed. And Luther has a special message he would like to bring to us. You know cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving it, uh, giving the e-cigarette a try. They, they're, uh, sorry, they, they are a healthier option. Uh, 200, or 22,000, sorry, uh, I'm being distracted. 22,000 <laughs> times healthier. Uh, well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already uh, start being richer, feeling better, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with a coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Dot com, and uh, I've tried these, and I, I like them. You know, when I smoke, I don't like really like the taste of cigarettes, and I used to like clove cigarettes. You can't get them here in New Hampshire anymore. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. I, you um, know, I thought about buying a bunch of those before they were made I did illegal, as well. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. But I like cigars, and I like pipe tobacco, and I like uh, hookah and, and stuff like that. So I like to flavorize, I guess I'll, I'll say. And, sure. and these are nice; they're they're not harsh at all because it's vapor. So it's cool. like you know, sitting in the sauna. That's Strawberry flavored or vanilla flavored <laughs> or menthol flavored, you know, whatever you want. And they're, so, they're pretty cool. Yep. Vaporsmiths.com if you want to try out some of those. And, you know, we've been having a really interesting show so far talking a little bit about the TSA. We read a story earlier that uh, had been talked about and touched on during the week. But uh, I think uh, all of us here kind of have a unique perspective. So I wanted to make sure that we covered it. Um, and, of course, 855 855- 450 free is the SACL CAI toll-free call in line. If you would like to get in touch with us and share your thoughts, 855-450-3733. Better make them quick because we are running out of time. But uh, we've got Rick in Nevada who wants to talk about uh, something along these lines, the TSA, I think. Rick, are you with us? Uh, Sounds like we got pranked. We may have what a creative pranked. prank too. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Well done. I couldn't when, understand when they do this. They're not too creative about it, which is a shame. Like I love it when Cobra Commander calls in and oh, yes. you know the other voice actors. Uh, yeah, characters. even you know, surreal is not a prank, but I have to say he's entertaining when he calls in. Sure, he's sure. Always good for or, a debate. Or even <laughs> some of the conspiracy theorists like Paula, who used to call in and then later changed her name to Ginger. Oh, I thought she was real. I think she was real. She was real. She yeah. was totally real. But like, she disappeared. Yeah, she there, must there have been abducted by aliens. Uh, yeah, there were these character uh, callers who used to call in a lot more, like the Time Cube guy, and they were always one of my favorite parts of the show was listening to them call in regularly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think we've all been listening to Free Talk Live for many years. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the some of the earlier days where they had some real characters on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if show. you're going to prank us, at least be... 
be witty about it. Yep. Yeah. You know. Cursing on the radio where you just get dumped anyway. Is, Duty. Is, is, <laughs> it's just not, it's wow. not funny. You got me there, buddy. <laughs> the board operator said uh, with that last call from Rick that it was uh, it was not a prank. It was a sneeze. So he actually wasn't oh. wasn't yelling okay. something out. Just sneezed and hung up, I guess. So, so this was just a PSA for prankers. Then. Uh, I suppose so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Rick, of course, you know, if you hung up by accident with your uh, sneezing, uh, you're welcome to call back. I had a friend in high school who uh, was driving his car and, and sneezed and apparently crashed into someone else who was like the principal of the school or something like that. So, Ouch. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was, sneezing dangerous so stuff. Can't keep your eyes open. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, when I was learning how to drive, my mother was was teaching me and uh, she, as we talked about earlier, she was a little crazy. And, and so I said something. She said, you know, eyes on the road and I had to sneeze. And then somehow we got talking about about when you sneeze, you close your eyes because of the pressure behind your eyes. And she said, well, try harder not to close them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's involuntary. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can't override the reflexes in your brain. So we do have a call on the line over at 855-450-FREE. We've got Harold in Texas, and he wants to talk about property taxes. Harold, uh, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah. What about property taxes? What's, what's your guys' opinion on that? I've listened to Mark Stevens. Yes, uh, from Adventures in Legal Land. And the No State Project. Yeah. Yes. Well, I bought the book, and I probably read 90% of it in one day. Uh, oh. So it was a, a compelling book, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good book. I'm looking forward to his next one when it comes out. Yeah. Well, yeah. my thought on property taxes or really any taxes, but property taxes, I mean, it's your property, right? Why should you have to well, pay somebody else to live on your property? 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I don't think you'll that, find too but... much dispute here, Harold. I think we're probably all of the opinion that property taxes are not cool. <laughs> right. That kind of implies that you don't own it, that you're I just agree. renting it. Absolutely. You really I are agree. just renting it. Like a surf. It's almost yeah. like feudalism, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, what am I renting? I mean, I spent the money to pay this house off. Right. Who do I owe and why? Yeah, yeah, That's I completely agree. I can't answer those questions because I don't think they really have meaningful answers. It's really just a they, another mechanism and, and of it's control. The same way with with uh, my income or uh, what I'm taxed on my paycheck. You know, I worked for that. The government didn't oh, work for that. What? People receiving handouts didn't work for that. I did. Why don't I get to decide what, what happens with that? And, you know, people will say, well, you have to help people. You have to do this. I do donate. I donate well, my time. And I you donate. don't have to do anything. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to help them. I mean, well, but, and, like, and most it's, of the money, it's a nice idea, too. And most and of that money, yeah. like Most of that money doesn't go to help people. No, it most goes to paying the bureaucrats. And to, to no, war. Absolutely. I mean, to the defense budget, that's the biggest you know, the defense and the entitlements are the two biggest parts of the U.S. Uh, federal budget. Everything else kind of pales in comparison. But the thing is, it's not charity if it's forced, right? Right. I, I think we can all agree that we care about other people. And we want to help them, but we want to help them voluntarily. I think it was Penn Gillette who recently actually said said something about that, how if you, you're kidding yourself, basically, if you think that you're kind and helping people because you support welfare. Yeah, yeah, I, I care about people uh, yeah, so much that I want to point guns at others and make them help the people that I care about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just this year, just this year, I decided it is time for me to own a gun. Never, ever have I considered owning a gun. And but what what year, made you change your mind, Harold? Well, you know, it, it, 
it really wasn't a whole lot of things other than I know that this government is coming for us one day. And mm. whether well, well, I, even if it doesn't come for you, I mean, certainly it's economic policies can have the uh, potential to cause great disorder I- I- in the area, you know, and that could and you need, might need to defend your property from looters or to get right some food, you know. I'm sorry. I am right on the border of Texas. Mexico is three miles away from me. And I mean, I, I don't and, have any problem and, with Mexico. Well, I have no problem with Mexico either, but I do have a problem with the federal government running guns in Mexico. Sure, sure, and, and empowering the cartels. Back over. Well, they, they pretty much created those cartels anyway because the U.S. has a huge influence on the sure, drug policy in Mexico and other parts of Zetas. South America. I know about the Zetas and, and Nicaragua and a whole lot of... I mean, I'm not an ignorant individual. No, absolutely. Uh yeah, you know, Harold, I, I think I understand where you're coming from. Um, the thing that really helped me kind of let go of that fear and anger is is being here in New Hampshire with a lot of people who also understand the ideas of freedom and, and we form a, a supportive community sure. so that if there is an economic disaster, you know, we can kind of make agreements and barter with each other and help each other out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I understand the, the idea that, you know, you really want to have the capacity to defend yourself if yeah. it comes down to it. But I think also it, focusing on that a lot can kind of drive you crazy with fear and anxiety. No, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I'm not crazy about it. I just know that, you know, there came a point where I said, you know what? I'm a fool if I don't have a way to defend myself. Right. I I like I. Pre- I'm not going out to do that. I'm going to use I the have, uh, have that ability. Yes, yes, great, great point. I, I I'm going to use the Karate Kid analogy. Mr. Miyagi tells Daniel, you know, why do you want to learn to fight? And he he says, I don't want to learn. I don't want to fight. And he goes, well, then why do you want to learn karate? And he says, so I don't have to fight. And mm-hmm. that's why you own a gun. You don't own a gun because you want to go out and shoot people. You own a gun so that you don't have to go out and shoot people. Well said, Luther. And Harold, thank you so much for the call. I think we're completely in agreement about the property tax issue and all taxation is theft. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our number, 855-450-3733. More coming up when we return. This is Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show as we kick off the final segment. Here with you, it's Stephanie tonight. And Julia. And Luther. 
And we've got some calls on the line lined up. You can always feel free to weigh in with your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. And, uh, hmm, of course, as I just as I said that, the two calls that we had dropped off simultaneously. So we're going to talk about some stuff that we want to talk about. Oh, I was hoping we could get to this. Me yeah, too. Me too. And if you want to weigh in with your thoughts, of course, 855-450-FREE. Better get your calls in quick because this is the last segment of the show tonight. But never fear because Free Talk Live is on every day of the week, seven days a week, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on lrn.fm or uh, freetalklive.com for the archives. So, Luther, you had a story you wanted to share, which uh, Julia and I both thought was interesting. Yep. This comes from the Huffington Post. And, of course, we talked about this on Puke and the Gang already, but we're reaching more ears with this. Uh, (laughs) And the headline is, Study, More Than Half of Women Are Attracted to Other Women. Well, my question is, why do you need a study to tell you this? You know, I mean... It, it's, it's interesting, right? I, but I've studied it in great detail myself. <laughs> uh, I, I'm something of like an independent researcher on these types of things. Also, mm-hmm. psilocybin research. I've done some independent studies with uh, gotcha. THC. So this is another one of those things that just kind of pique my interest. Well, you know, I, I really like the sounds of this because I am a person who is bisexual and I'm attracted to women as well as men. Some, not not everybody, right? Because that's a common myth about Uh, bisexuality is that they're attracted to everybody. That's not true. But, uh, you know, there was a study that came out um, a couple of weeks ago or maybe months ago now where they were reversing a previous study that said bisexual men essentially don't exist. Right. I've heard this before. Right. I've I've heard it too, and I think I, it, it I think became a myth. There's probably pressures in this society to not be open about it. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, there are definitely pressures to not be open. I mean, as much as there is uh, homophobia sure. and fear of of gay people, um, there's a lot of biphobia too. That's the word. You oh, know, people sure. just don't talk about it, and I think it's really interesting. Um, you know, to think about, like, why are these women not being open about it? Because it's it seems like the narrative in society that is is that pretty much everyone is straight except for a few percent of people who are gay and bisexuals are essentially not talked about. But if half of women are attracted to other women, that's a big deal. So why don't you read the article? I want to find out more. Admiring another woman's looks could have an un... Uh, underlying meaning because according to recent research, 60% of heterosexual women find other women sexually attractive. The latest findings... 60%? Yeah. That's wow. really a lot. I like those odds. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, the latest findings from Boise State University, and our dad used to work at Boise State University. This is true. We are from Idaho. Yep. Uh, discovered that over half of the 484 straight women questioned had been attracted to another female at some point in their lives, with a further 40, 45% admitting to kissing a woman and 50% confessing to enjoying fantasies of other ladies. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I don't know. There's this myth that like uh, bisexual women are just doing it to get male attention. And I, I wonder. Uh, I've heard that as well. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's completely true, although there may be some people who do that. I think that there are some people. I worked with a group of like 17 year old girls when I worked at Panera. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were so obnoxious about it. And it was so obvious that they were they were the kind of people who were doing it for attention. Uh, yeah, so I think yeah. they exist out there. But yes. I don't think that they're the majority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, they're not mutually exclusive either. Like a woman could be genuinely attracted to other women and also expressing that affection in order to get attention. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, it's just such a double standard in society that I really don't like. It's like if two women are affectionate with each other, that's okay. And it's even encouraged and, and lauded and stuff. But right. if, if two men are affectionate towards each other, that's like, oh, that's the grossest thing well, in the world. Well, they say that here. Uh, <laughs> they say women are encouraged to be emotionally close to, to each other. Uh, that provides an opportunity for intimacy and romantic feelings to develop. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I wonder about this study, Luther, because it says that 60% of women are attracted to other women and some have kissed other women and things like that. But I wonder, you know, there must be a difference between being attracted to someone and choosing to to have like a long term loving relationship with another person. You know what I mean? I wonder how many women would actually. Well, from my perspective, there's are the co-host on the show, Derek. He's a beautiful man. (laughs) I'm not sexually attracted to him, but he is gorgeous, you know. Yeah. Not going to lie. Uh, and he is he's one of those people who is just a six on the Kinsey scale or whatever. The, Kinsey was a famous uh, sexuality researcher and he came up with this scale and it's like zero is completely straight and three is 50-50 bisexual and six is completely gay. And yeah. so people can rate themselves uh, somewhere on that scale. But, oh, yeah. you know, there are even people who say, um, you know, like I've, for instance, I've known gay men who say stuff like, wow, you know, I, I've maybe there's one in a million women who I might be attracted to and I'm open-minded to that, but I've never met her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, (laughs) well, for me as a straight man, uh, the sexual attraction isn't there just because, uh, the parts of the body that excite me sexually are only found on a female and it's mostly (laughs) curves and men Mm -hmm. don't have those curves. Uh, Some men have them, but they're not as attractive, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And not all curves are attractive to me. Different kinds. Yeah, 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 not all curves are attractive to me. So let's go to the phones. Maybe the caller has some thoughts on this. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is Nick from Illinois. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind? You were talking about property taxes earlier, and yes. I want to way give... To, way to change the subject from bisexual women oh, to property we were, taxes. We were so steamy. Just having have such to a sexy conversation. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're kidding, of course. We, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, sorry, go, go on, Nick. I was one of the two callers who was at the beginning of the segment, if that counts. Yes, it counts. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the other side of the argument, which I know because I've been doing a lot of research on these topics, is that... Um, Theoretically, way back in yonder days, when people formed the community, they pledged their property to the Commonwealth. And so, in a sense, you, uh, you supposedly don't really own your property, and you are paying rent. You're being allowed to use it. And it, even if you, if you sell or inherit that land, it is always accompanied by an implicit agreement to abide by the social contract. That's the argument. Hmm, yeah, and, and so... I mean, it seems to me pretty easy to invalidate the idea of a social contract, right? It's like, well, I didn't sign anything. I never agreed to anything. Isn't and that the very definition of a, of a contract? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Consent. I mean, when I think about consent, it should be informed and explicit, right? And the social that, contract actually, is neither. This is, <laughs> the, this is uh, very interesting because back when these ideas were had, they did have very different notions of consent. In fact, mm-hmm. um, back then, uh, I believe it was believed that once a woman marries a man, she consents to everything he does to her thereafter because it's what he gave you consent by marrying. Wow. What do you think of that, Julia? <laughs> I'm glad that I'm alive today. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so arca- just, archaic. Uh, so all you had to do was drag, drag her to your cave by the hair and then she consented to everything that you wanted to do. You know, right? I was if watching... If she resists, bonk her on the head with your club. Yeah, exactly. I was watching Ugh. Men in Tights the other day. Do you mm-hmm. remember that movie from yes. when we were younger? Robin Hood. And yeah. 
in the entire thing between the main character that's the hunky guy and the female, they're like trying to have sex and but she can't because she's got the chastity belt. And um, there, there's a scene where the bad guy gets to to marry the the woman and they imply this, that basically as soon as he marries her, that he gets to have his way with her. And he's like on top of her trying to rip off this chastity belt while she's just sitting there taking it because she's married to him or. Oh, wow. It's very interesting that you bring up that point. Yeah, I think that's how it was. I mean, if you look back at the Bible, for instance, it says all kinds of horrible stuff about women and consent. I mean, there's some passage in there that says if a, if a man is married to a woman and then he dies, she has to marry his brother and give him children whether she wants to or not. <laughs> yeah, I remember that passage. There's and, a book called Sex in History, and I'm going to look it up to see who the author is. And I, oh, I read interesting. this. I read this and it's great. It covers a lot of these. Oh, stuff I in read the that Bible. book too, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, Dad had it sitting around. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's by. Rie. You right back around to the topic of sex anyway. Oh yeah. Thank Sorry. you, Nick. I appreciate that. <laughs> Rie Tannehill is who wrote it. Rie. R e a y. Okay. Or re or. Well, you know, it's interesting. I I just know about this because I I'm kind of interested in uh, things that rebut the Bible or contradictions and stuff in it. And uh, I've read a lot about, um, there's been a lot written about depictions of rape and slavery in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time someone conquers a city, they take all the women as like the spoils of war and stuff. And often there are fathers giving away their daughters as basically property. To to, pay off debt. Yeah. Uh, If I might interrupt. Mm -hmm. I know the time is short, so I want to uh, ask Luther, have you ever seen a really, really good transsexual. Uh, what does really good mean? Like they really look like a woman? like a woman and you wouldn't know if you didn't, if you oh, hadn't so seen them. If you didn't skirt. see that. You know what? Some of them are beautiful and I'm always so disappointed when they're not a female. But and it's weird. Like I, in pornography, I like when a woman will put on a strap on and I'm sorry if this is too lewd for people, <laughs> but I do not like it when a, a, a transsexual has sex with a woman for some reason. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Interesting note to end on. Thank you for the call, Nick. We do appreciate your thoughts. This has been Free Talk Live with Stephanie, Julia, and Luther. And I'd like to point out that what I like in pornography is not necessarily what I like in the bedroom. (laughs) Free Talk Live. We'll see you tomorrow night.